Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Georgia comes back against a solid Mizzou team. I think they look a lot better than we actually thought they were going to be. If you're an Oklahoma fan, you are not happy because they got slapped around by the Horned Frogs at TCU, and frustration is starting to mount in some programs as the coaching carousel opens way earlier this season than <laughs> normally expected. What's up, Trash Talkers? Welcome back to the College Football Roundtable. We also have two other code names, so you can go by uh, – Ring Knocker Radio or two O's and an NCO. I'm your host, Rob, coming out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. We got Dano Icabesa in coastal Connecticut and Trigger Joe coming out of the home of the big house. How's it going today, guys? Oh, man, wild. What a week. Hey, we're, we're still 5-0. and all. I'll take it. Yeah, and again, that's how it goes. So uh, for me, I stayed up late to watch the Georgia-Missouri game. Like I was literally like I was texting people like, oh, upset alert. Georgia's going to lose. And then all of a sudden, I guess they decided that they were going to show up about midway through the third quarter, came back and won it. And uh, I tell you what, say what you want about halftime adjustments, but the teams that can do that, you know, that's a difference between a good team and a great team is they make halftime adjustments and they finish. So I think that's that might sure. be this. That might be the story for the rest of the season, too, as we're going into week six. There's going to be some teams that are on the ropes that uh, they win this week. They, their hope is still alive. If they lose, you know, 500 seasons may be the, the way that they go. Or, you know, they can try and play spoiler and uh, knock somebody off of their path to the playoff. But either way, we'll pass it over to Dan to recap this week's top 10. Yeah, man. Uh, still not that much change in the top 10. We have we've seen a lot of fratricide sort of at the lower end of the top 25, but the 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 top best of the best with some exceptions has, has been relatively stable. We got Alabama number one. Uh, they've switched places with Georgia after Georgia got a scare. Uh, uh, Georgia's number two. They fell one. Ah, these teams are going to play. I, I don't take too much out of that. Ohio State's number three. Michigan's number four. Those two teams are going to play. We've settled that on the field. Number five is Clemson kind of licking their chops. Uh, they got that good win over Wake Forest to hang their hats on right now. Uh, Southern California, number six, no change. Oklahoma State moving all the way up to number seven at four and no, up from number nine. That's long overdue. Got Tennessee at number eight, slowly looking at Georgia like, hmm, this might be the year. Ole Miss, number nine. Uh, they've moved up five spots. And finally, NC State has moved up one into the top ten. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, no power five in the top ten. Uh, I, I think you mean to say no group of five in the top 25, which I'm not sure because I, I haven't seen the rest of the uh, top 25. But the group of five is sure not much uh, doing much there. Um, and again, the top 25 slaughter has continued. Rob, I know you love that. Six ranked teams takes hit, took hits this week. Um, you know, you, you saw yeah, it was it was just a tough week. Others receiving votes. We got Washington State, Baylor, Florida State, Arkansas, James Madison with 39 votes. I find that kind of amazing. Florida, Maryland, Coastal Carolina receiving 17 votes. 
Minnesota, Tulane, Illinois, North Carolina, Texas A&M, Purdue, and somebody is voting for Oklahoma out there, Rob. Yeah, I I just don't get that one. That one in North Carolina. I mean, both of those teams got smacked around yeah. this weekend. You know, and, and again, hats off to NC State for winning the in-state rivalry. I I think UNC is backsliding as far as uh you know their team is concerned. You know, it's all over the television. So as long as a North Carolina team is winning, then like that's what I'm going to hear about on the news. So whoever's doing the best <laughs> is the guys that are getting talked about. That's just a fact of being in in the region. Uh, again. My concern is I think the only person that's kind of creeping into the top 25 is Cincinnati, and they're quietly winning, but nobody cares. Like, I think they had their chance last year. They made it to the playoff being the only, you know, group of five teams that kind of snuck in. And now, you know, the eyeballs just don't care. I, I think people don't care. Like, hey, we tried that last year. Yeah, we'll wait for the uh, yeah team absolutely. Playoff. It's like so, stay out and him cutting curfew. They're like, hey, you guys remember what happened last year? You're not getting in this year. I kind of feel like that's, this year's the year they get snubbed. Yeah, I, so let me ask you this. Uh, better, assuming they both run the table, you take in uh, Coastal or Cincinnati? Coastal. Yeah, Coastal. I, I think people I think people will look at Coastal and say, hey, look, like these guys have put together, you know, three really good seasons. And Cincinnati is a solid program. They've always been a solid program. But, again, I, I think, you know, unfortunately, if you uh, are an assistant coach or head coach, you don't get the same level of esteem as a former Urban Meyer coach, as you mm. do as a former Nick Saban coach, I think mm. you get the stink of Ohio State on you, and uh, a lot of the a lot of the sports writers and, and the fans don't really care for you. I like Luke Fickle; he's a defensive guy, but I also think he did a really good job last season. But I think uh, he's catching the shaft because you know they didn't perform, and and that's it. You know, luckily. Luckily for uh, Big Ten fans, they have a short memory because uh, Michigan is still getting some love, even though, you know, they didn't do as well in the, the playoff as expected either. Yeah, I mean, how much how much worse did Cincinnati look than Michigan? Serious question. I mean, not about what I thought they were going to. I thought they were I thought they were going to get work. I was just hoping they made it close for a half. But I figured mm-hmm. the second half was when that would separate quickly. Yeah, yeah. And the unfortunate piece about it is it's like, look. Georgia and Alabama were, were were two really good teams last year. I don't think I don't think the outcome would have been any different if they would have put anyone else in those two games against those two teams. I think it would have been it would have panned out about the same. First half would have been close. Second half would have been a runaway. But uh, yeah, that's how it's going. So I'll talk Service Academy football really really quick. A Navy and Air Force matched up this weekend. I don't know if Air Force played down to the uh, to the play of Navy. I mean the score was not indicative of how air force has been playing all season, but I can also say that uh, Navy stepped up, but again, that goofy face on, on Ken was more than enough for me. You know, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in college football. Uh, I mean, that's the bottom line, but I, I legitimately think that air force played down or Navy played up. I'm not really sure about it. I'll have to watch this week to see how they kind of perform. Go ahead now. Yeah, I just think Navy's defense is real good. I mean, between Army and Navy, you've got one legit service academy team this year. And unfortunately, the two pieces are not on the same team. Army's offense, Navy's defense, that's one service academy team, for better or worse. And uh, I don't know what is up with the, that recruiting. I mean, uh, whichever assistant coach is over there getting those defensive players, we need to get his ass up to West Point immediately, give him a promotion. Because yeah. that Navy defense is real. Yeah, those guys are those are guys are legit, and that's what's actually been keeping them in games. Because yeah. if you've watched their offense again, like Lavatai, <laughs> horrible. I mean, yeah, like 
they get that one, like, like every pass is a Hail Mary and it's like five yards, you know, so they're really struggling to put together a solid offense. They've gotten some good fullback play. Brad Roberts ran all over the Navy defense and yet still, you know, no points. So they clamped them down inside the, you know, inside the twenties and, and got some breaks. Again, final score was 10 to 13. I think Air Force played down to their competition. Uh, I hope Navy continues to lose, but, uh, you know, hopefully, honestly, what I don't want to see is the Army Navy game being, being less than, than exciting, you know, because mm. I think people just like, oh, it's just another game because it's after championship weekend and people don't tune in because, you know, neither team is doing respectable this season. Uh, moving on, Army is one and three after losing a heartbreaker to Georgia State. We dove into it and, and, and beat it up ad nauseum pretty much on the Army football show. But the bottom line is, Army is very, very talented. They just can't put it together. They have all the pieces, but for some reason, the switch has not clicked. And as an Army fan and people who've been watching the Army team for the last, you know, five or six years, it is disappointing because we're used to having an eight plus win team. And I think that expectation, like, like to make it relative, it's kind of like, Hey, look, Army's winning. And so we automatically assume that it's like, holy crap. You know, we're Alabama. You know, what I mean, if Army wins 10, <laughs> 10, you know, what I mean, like that's the fan expectations. And so I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes in is because we've had these habitual successful seasons four postseason bowl game wins. And now all of a sudden we're one and three. So without further ado or belaboring that point anymore, I'll pass it over to Dan for the commander. Yeah, well, um, Air Force has got the lead now, right? Because they got the the big win at home against Navy by all of three points against you know one of the worst offenses on this planet. Um, I don't know how how exciting that is, but but it's true. Um, you know, what's how much of that is is that redshirt year or these recruiting violations? You know, who knows? Uh, right now, they just look like a team with a good offense. Um, on the FCS side, Coast Guard Academy's two and three. They dropped that game to Norwich, thirty-one twenty. Uh, looking to bounce back against Springfield on Parents Weekend. Uh, if you're a fan or want to check out the Coast Guard Academy, you can watch all their games through their website, which is pretty awesome uh, here in Connecticut. I didn't even know that. Uh, Merchant, Aca- Merchant Marine Academy is 3-1, and one, taking on Norwich this week in a game sponsored by the Guide Dog Foundation and Americans Vet Dog Day. So check that out, too. Yeah, I, th- I think that's pretty cool that, like, Obviously, we're not in the, the age of big money watching the uh, the Coast Guard Academy or Merchant and Marine Academy, but you can literally punch in and watch their games on uh, on their website. The upside is you get to watch the game. The downside is it's like uh, your little brother's uh, attempt <laughs> at being a sportscaster for some of the guys that they have calling those games. And oh, to man. your credit, you know, it may be, you know, it may be somebody that's trying to cut their teeth. I did college radio. So, you know, that first year is always the first year is always bad because you don't you know, really know what you're doing. And then as you get better, you know, you can call the games with a little bit more accuracy. But speaking of people that need to get better, great segue, by the way, is uh, off to Joe's Blue Falcon of the week. So what are your thoughts on this? Because, uh, again, coaches getting fired, you know, players, like the showdown between the, the two head coaches in the Ohio State Rutgers game, I thought was hysterical after the, the, the punt that was a fake or not was a fake. I don't know, but. You know, it got a little chippy after that play. But, uh, Joe, what are your thoughts for the Blue Falcon? You know, I, 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 you know, saying I don't enjoy doing this would be a lie. But I got to hand it to whoever is drawing up the contracts. And as a 40-something-year-old man, I have a hard time naming a college quarterback as a Blue Falcon of the week. You know, it feels feels a little, like, hypocritical. Like, like what you know, 
what are you going to do about it now to fix this? Um, so I'll put it on the grown folks making the decisions. And that is whoever wrote the $95 million contract for Mel <laughs> because he beat Michigan twice. How's that one stinging with you? All right. You are the blue falcon of Michigan State returning to a team who loses a one and one to Maryland and Minnesota. Except they're the first time team to ever do that because Maryland hasn't been in the Big Ten that long and that's never happened. All right. So not only did you get beat, but you lost handily. You've won one game this year. You got embarrassed by a Washington team who's on shaky legs. And uh, man, that is what you get for a knee jerk reaction. Like we beat Michigan. And that's why they say Michigan fans are arrogant because we say this. You guys go one and nine, but beat Michigan, you make T-shirts. Okay. <laughs> Two and beat you guys, and we don't even talk about it. All right. So whoever signed Mel Tucker to the $100 million contract, you, sir, are a Blue Falcon. And God knows how much damage you've done to the program because you're just getting started. So collect your T-shirt. You guys are heading for the Motor City Bowl a lot. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, I, I think. Oh, coaches and money, coaches and money. Like sometimes you got to spend to get the wins. You know what I mean? Because again, like if you look at, you look at coach Saban, Kirby smart, the guys that are winning, but you also have to look at where they're coaching. They're in the sec talent, rich environment. I think you could take an, a average coach and put him in the sec with a decent team recruited and he'll probably win for a year or two before the wheels. come. Yeah. Mel Tucker. In the words of my favorite coaches, just because you were born on third base does not mean you hit a triple. Nice. It's a fair point. All right. Let's talk about games of the week. So there's actually a game on Wednesday. So if you are into uh, SMU and UCF, they are kicking off at seven o'clock on ESPN two. And that should be an interesting game. I mean, SMU is is streaky. They're up and down, but that's the only game on television. So you may want to check that one out on Wednesday. Friday, October the 7th, you've got Nebraska and Rutgers. That's like we used to call this the Repus Bowl back in the day as the two worst teams in college football <laughs> playing. You know, so instead of the Super Bowl, it's the Repus Bowl. That's what we used to call that. But uh, I think Nebraska and Rutgers. Rutgers is actually a solid team. I think they're doing okay-ish. But Nebraska has got some work to do. This may be their chance to kind of sneak one in in, uh, in conference play. If they get this one, I think – you know, that's a turnaround for their season, unfortunately, given how poorly they played up at this point. You've got uh, Houston and Memphis, Colorado State, Nevada, UNLV and San Jose State. And those are all on various channels uh, kicking at 7, 730, 10 and 10:30. Again, various channels. I think uh, Friday games are good. Right. I like college football on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday night because it's another option. Mm. Uh you know, when Peyton, when Peyton and Eli are not calling games, it's probably not worth watching. I, I mean, I usually dip in to watch those guys talk <laughs> trash because there's, they have some pretty good commentary. So I, I have to admit that I like the Manning brothers. And uh, again, if you have not watched the the Chad Powers walk on thing at Penn State, you have missed a gym. It's kind of like it's almost as good as the Saturday Night Live skit with Peyton watching. But uh, going on to Saturday. October the 8th, uh, I think Arkansas and Mississippi State will be a good game, but that was going to be on the SEC network. Arkansas has to bounce back because they've taken two lumps recently. Tennessee and LSU, that is a noon kick on ESPN. I think that game will be good. You've got TCU that is hot right now offensively against Kansas, who is undefeated. I think that game will be uh, one to watch. Of course, no defense in the Big 12, so that one's probably going to take the over for sure on mm. that one because those guys are going to score a boatload of points. You've got uh, – Texas versus Oklahoma, 
people would care if uh, both of those teams were winning, but they don't right now. But it is in Dallas on ABC, which is like, man, that's kind of a slap in the face to whoever programmed that because both of those teams are playing horribly. You got uh, Michigan and Indiana playing. That's on Fox and scrolling down. USF and Cincinnati, they're number 24. They're hanging out just outside the the, the important stuff and then the top 25. But that should be an old, all right game. And, of course, highlight games, Texas Tech versus Oklahoma State. That should be a good one. Texas Tech is starting to heat up. Oklahoma State is playing well. We've got Auburn at Georgia, so that one's playing between the hedges, and that's always a, a touchy one because that's a SEC matchup. And it's a rivalry game, even though they may not call it that. Utah versus UCLA, again, both teams that are kind of steadily performing, not getting a lot of eyeballs on them, at least because they play on the West Coast. But this is an early kick for them. is at 3.30, so you can actually watch that game which is a Pac-12 matchup that you'll actually be able to see without staying up at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Washington and Arizona State. That's on the P oh the Pac-12 network, and that one should be what it is. I mean, I think that'll be a good game. <laughs> Washington, Washington's all right. You know, I mean, they're doing okay. Arizona State, you know, they if they slip on a banana peel after they're doing Herm Edwards dirty, then I'll be fine with that if they go 0-0 for the rest of the year. You've got you pick uh, Coastal to beat both those teams by 10. Yeah, for sure, man. That would be a that would be a much better contest, I think. You've got Ohio State, Michigan State. Back to Joe's previous point, Mel, Mel Tucker is riding that hundred million dollar contract, and he's going to take about freaking he's going to get fifty hung on him at least <laughs> in that game. Uh, Ohio State's offense is pretty potent this year. Their defense has improved by comparison to last year, and and watching those games, like say what you want about Ryan Day, but like in year three, we're starting to see the level of talent that he can. Rec- you know, and if you're a Big Ten fan, not you, you don't want to see that. If you're not a Big Ten fan, you're like, please keep them out of my playoff or, or keep them out of the playoff or at least out of the, the bowl contention in a game that I'm playing. Ole Miss and Vandy, who cares? That's on the SEC network. And Air Force against Utah State, that should be a good one because Utah State is quietly playing well. And USC, the other USC versus Kentucky is on the SEC network, 730. Army at Wake Forest is 7.30 on a local channel and ESPN3. So if you do not have a streaming service, go ahead and uh, knock on your neighbor's door, get their code for their cable, and uh, plug that one in so you can watch it. Or if you're here, just drive to North Carolina. I'm sure it'll be on television somewhere locally. You got Coastal and ULM, future Army opponent, and a previous one. That's going to be 8 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Again, the Sunbelt Firewall is on ESPN+, Plus, which kind of sucks. And uh, really, you've got Oregon and Arizona on the Pac-12 network. Oregon looks good. NC State and Florida State is going to be on the ACC network. That one should be from behind the paywall. I think that one would be a much better game to watch than uh, some of the things that are going on. All that being said, Dan, what is your game of the week this week? All right, so I got three, and you only mentioned one of them. First is UConn at Florida International with the Huskies favored, baby. Let's go! Husky's going to get that second one of the season. I'm so excited. Man, living in Connecticut, this is not like a football-rich area. Uh, second game we talked about, Tennessee at LSU, Vols favored, setting up a truly classic SEC East matchup against, you know, the faltering Bulldogs. Not because they've lost, but just because they continually don't beat people quite as impressively as we think that they should. I don't know how that's going to play out. We'll see. And then finally, Georgia Southern at Georgia State. If you never watch that, that is like the most intense group of five rivalry in the world. Low key, very high intensity. Sunbelt, both these teams need that game so bad to stay bowl eligible, hopefully. Definitely worth watching. You know, state needs to resuscitate their season, but they're probably the better team. Anyway, take it away. All right, Joe. 
What are you watching this weekend? You know, I'm going to watch uh, just because, you know, watching Oklahoma last week got me kind of fired up about a game with no defense. Um, I'm going to be watching TCU and Kansas because I think there's going to be a track meet that sets off and uh, two undefeated uh, teams who look like Kansas is definitely on the uptick. I mean, it's look what they've been. So that'll be interesting to watch. I'm definitely going to check that one out in between Michigan at Indiana. Um, still kind of interesting to see with that offense. I'm waiting on Michigan's passing game to break out. And, uh, you know, the quarterback's still relatively new. And then Tennessee and LSU, uh, very interested to see because, you know, Tennessee can only be argued down as not being for real for so long. If they keep winning these games, uh, this is just another feather in the cap for them. So, um, we'll find out, find out, uh, that's a, see, they're all my favorite games are at 12 o'clock, but, uh, that's definitely a separator for me. So I, I want, I want to check with that one out and then OSU and Michigan State just cause I'm probably going to be betting OSU. Uh, minus 300. Never mind. I liked him at minus 300. It's minus 26 and a half. Yeah, minus 26. Yeah. I liked it at minus 300. Love it at minus 26 and a half. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm going to be watching Auburn and Georgia for sure. I think that one's probably going to be the best matchup in the SEC this weekend just because, you know, Auburn is kind of on the uptick and Georgia is kind of flatline. I think their offense is like, they look like crap the first half of the list. I watched it and it's just like Stetson Bennett could not get his act together. And then all of a sudden somebody told them, it's like, hey, man, your Heisman Trophy is riding on. And then he and they started playing. So I think that one will be a good one. You know, as much as I don't want to watch uh, Tennessee and LSU just because Tennessee dumped Army off of their schedule. I think uh, how many how many games does Tennessee have to win before we say that they're actually like legit contenders in the SEC? I mean, I, that's a question that we have to ask ourselves. I think that's part of the problem with college football is like. These teams that perennially aren't good all of a sudden have this massive turnaround. And then it's like, are they good or are they not? You know, how many games does it take before we start saying, hey, look, LSU is for real. NC State is for real. Tennessee is for real. And I think it legitimately is like in the eyes of the fans. You know, I'm sure if you're a diehard Tennessee fan, you're happy, right? You're hooping and hollering every time they score. But it's like, hey, is this like the return of T. Martin and we're going to make it all the way to the national championship win? You know, or is it just like, hey, this is going to be a respectable, you know, eight to ten win season and a decent. Win. Hey, I next, mean, go ahead, Joe. Their next five weeks are so brutal that if they go into Mizzou on uh, November 12th with one loss, then they're for real because they got to go on the road to Georgia at home against Kentucky. And I'm reverse order in this. They have their off week with UT Martin and then Alabama's coming to town after this LSU game. So if they have one loss going into Mizzou, they're for real, in my opinion. I mean, they'd have to beat the two best teams in the country, you know, the consensus top two in order to get to to have one. Yeah. So, So. yeah, I I, listen, this is what it was like when I was growing up. You know, my my dad went to UT. My mom went to UT. My grandfather went to UT. I I broke like 50 years worth of family tradition. And it's it's exciting. I mean, you know, I don't I don't quite have the the level of dog in the fight that they did. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching these games. Anyway, go ahead, Joe. Nope, that was it for me. I was just yeah. saying uh, that's a brutal schedule they got coming, worse than anybody in the country's. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, you, I mean, go ahead, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Hey, but you know, really, ultimately, what it boils down to is, is again, like who's their competition, and I think that's ultimately what it boils down to. Like at the beginning of the season, it's really hard to read, especially like that first three weeks with all the out of conference stuff or like misaligned, you know, misaligned what used to be rivalry games that are now being realigned in the early part mm. of the season you know, with all the, the conference realignment. So I think the first three games are kind of hard because like take West Virginia and Pittsburgh, for example, like that used to be a game that everybody would tune into. Like why? Cause you knew it was a rivalry game and there's going to be like 
a thousand points scored on. Now having that game early in the season is zero indication of how well or how poorly those teams are going to do because a backyard brawl is a actual rivalry game. It's like Colorado State and Colorado. Like the Rocky Mountain Showdown is not an indicator of how well or how poorly either one of those teams are going to do because it's a backyard rivalry. But I think, you know, when you start talking eight, nine weeks into the season, if they, you know, if Tennessee goes one and one between Alabama and Georgia, I think they have a legitimate opportunity to make it to the playoff. Like if they can split between those two, but uh, we'll see. All right. Now that we've talked about games that we're going to be watching, let's pick some games. Weekly locks. Let's pick some games. Dan, what are you laying your money on? So I went one and one with my picks last week. UTSA performed as I said that they would, but as noted, uh, Navy's defense surprised the crap out of me. Air Force was nowhere near covering. Um, so this week we're going to make it even more interesting. I've got three picks. First, uh, TCU at Kansas plus seven. Kansas as a as a home uh, underdog. I mean that's just that's just disrespect. I always like to bet against disrespect. Uh, Tulsa at Navy under 45.5. I mean, is Tulsa going to score 35 points? Because I really do not believe Navy can put 10, more than 10 on the board against anyone in the country. And finally, UConn minus five at Florida International. Uh, I was a little iffy on this, but hear me out. The Huskies have 1,006 rushing yards this season. FIU has 342. The Huskies are also four and two against the spread, whereas FIU is one and three. So, the market is systematically underbetting UConn and overbetting FIU. This is this is a good trend. So, um, am I being a homer to bet that way? Probably, but that's what I'm doing. Nice. All right, Joe. What are your thoughts? Whew, man, if it wasn't for if one one more backdoor cover on uh, Arkansas, and I would have went four and zero last week. But uh, I'm going with another Michigan under. Um, I do not think they hit the number of 59. I do not think Indiana can score enough points to help them meet that number. I think you're going to see a very run heavy until we get a receiver that separates himself. We're going to get a very run heavy offense and that's, I don't, I don't believe they break 59 points. So under 59 in the Michigan Indiana game. Um, and I am taking, uh, Ohio state minus 26 and a half against Michigan state who just got trounced against Minnesota at home who just got beat by the Boilermakers at home. So if you do a little uh, college football math on that one, I know it doesn't always make sense. I got OSU covering the 26 and a half. And then I hate to do this. Um, I said it before the show, but things aren't getting any better for Army. And if Wake's only got to cover 16 and a half at home, um, I like them. So I'm going to take Wake minus 16 and a half because that line actually just moved uh, within an hour down to a half a point. So if it's under 17, yeah, I'll, I'll take them. Uh, they just beat Florida State on the road. So I, I wish I didn't agree with you, but Wake is a very I, good I, team, I and Army is just their defense is just not where it needs to be. Yeah, I, I I think that's honestly that's a safe bet. You know, particularly if you look at the production offensively last year. I mean, it was a basketball score, but it was still twenty. I think that's it's a fair bet. You know, if you're putting money down on it. So for me, I went two and one this week. Like, hey, the shootout in Manhattan actually helped me out, dude. Like, if uh, Adrian Martinez would have moved out of Nebraska a year sooner. I think we would be talking about that kid in the Heisman race right now. I mean, he is putting up some numbers, both rushing and passing. He's probably the best quarterback in the in the Big 12, and nobody's paying attention to him because he plays for K-State because everybody hates them. Uh, 
you know, low scoring affair between Northwestern and Penn State, but at least it covered. And then, of course, Bama and Arkansas were, scored 75 points, and I took the under on that. My freaking stupid. All right, so my picks this week is, you know, Dan already kind of talked about that one, but uh, I'm going to go the other way and say take the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's Big 12. There's no defense. I think they're going to probably hang 70-75. I would not be surprised if I see like a, you know, a 35-30 to 30 score at the end of the day, but I think it'll probably be more like 42 to, 42 to 28, something crazy like that. It's going to be bonkers. There's going to be a lot of points scored, so that one's going to be wide open. I'm saying take LSU to cover the three. I think the, the game is probably going to – I think it's going to go into extra periods, man. I, no I not, chance. I would not be surprised. No chance. I almost went the other way with that. Now I wish I did. I, I, I think I think that game is going to go into overtime, to be honest. I think uh, LSU is, is better than uh, marketing. And, of course, when they're playing – you know, I think they're – are they at home this year or are they down in the bayou or are they going to, to ball land? I can't remember. I well, it's either way. Yeah, either way. And then, then of course, I, I take uh, South Carolina to cover against Kentucky. I think that's a fair bet to cover. Uh, so they are, they are at LSU, Rob. Oh, they're at so you got LSU. a home dog, so that that's yeah. a better bet. Yeah, down in the swamp, man, I'll, I'll, I'll take that action all day and twice on Sunday, even though Tennessee is looking pretty strong. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. However – since we got our picks in and everything else, let's talk about the Heisman really quick. And uh, Joe and I were talking about this before we came on. I am, I think the Heisman Trophy is Bryce Young's to lose this year. And I mean, when you look at the elite level quarterbacks, they all have you know 15 plus passing touchdowns, and that includes Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, and he's not even on the top five list of the folks that are out there. So your top five uh, Heisman candidates right now are C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Caleb Williams from USC, and that's West Coast USC, and Stetson Bennett from Georgia. And the common trend is like, hey, look, the only guys that are kind of outside of the SEC looking in are the dudes that are performing in a way that's like catching people's, you know, uh, Caleb Williams. He has more rushing yards than he does passing yard or I'm sorry, rushing TDs. He's got four rushing TDs. So that kind of puts him in a class by himself by comparison to, you know, the other guys that are on that list. But if you know, if C.J. Stroud left the pocket like Bryce Young or Hendon Hooker, like it, it's almost a, a lock at that point. Like if he scores a couple rushing touchdowns, I think it, it's pretty much a shoe in. I think the race is still wide open. Uh, guys can still stumble. I think the way Stetson Bennett played last week probably hurt his uh, Heisman chances. So I think probably by week eight, it's going to be a pretty clear picture. But, you know, there are some defensive players that are being talked about because, you know, uh, guy. The linebacker from Alabama totally escapes me, but he's on the list. It's a long shot, but if Michigan were to win the Big Ten, the Heisman Trophy winner would be playing tailback in Michigan. Yes, and he's and he's, he's doing right now. Yeah, he's he's doing pretty well, and I mean he's the guy that's putting up. That's a long shot, though. Yeah, he's 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 got he's got some tough sledding just because like again it's college football, and unfortunately, as much as we would like to see defensive players or wide receivers have the best chance of winning, you know, I think there's just there is a confirmation bias in yeah. the, the coaches as well as the writers on like what actually causes it, you know, because again, if a quarterback is doing great, like I could take any one of these quarterbacks on this top five list, drop them into Ohio state with the wide receivers that they have, or move those wide receivers to their school. And they're going to have those same kind because if you look at, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigma who hasn't played for two weeks, he's pretty damn solid. And then of course you've got Marvin Harrison jr. Who is making NFL level catches as a collegiate athlete, as like a sophomore, like mm. that, 
that is gross. It's gross. I, I mean, <laughs> like, if you give him a quarterback that can put the ball anywhere near him, you know, that guy is going to help your numbers significantly. So I think it's, it's recruiting for Ohio state, but they've had a series of, of great quarterbacks. And I think Joe said it best when we were talking before the show started is like, Hey, is this a quarterback that could play in the Alabama system? And that kind of basically goes with all quarterbacks in college football. If you think that this guy could show up and start for Nick Saban, then he's probably legit. But I'll pause there and get your guys' thoughts. Yeah, you know, I was looking at this earlier, and uh, when I was looking at it, I, I kind of had strong feelings about who I thought was the best. And just on the numbers, I kind of thought that was clearly Stetson Bennett. But now I'm looking at it, listening to you, and I'm a little less convinced. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm not. I'm not such a big fan of the Heisman. I mean. Nobody that since Eddie George won it way, way back in the day I, hasn't really been a big thing to me. Um, and, and the reason that I like Eddie George doesn't even have anything to do with football. I like him because he's like one of the most well-rounded athletes to get to that level. So I don't know, man. Joe. Yeah. I, you know, it's always going to be a quarterback heavy trophy, you know, and, and I think between Alabama, Ohio state and Georgia, Whichever one of those teams is hoisting the trophy, and I believe it will be one of those three, I believe their quarterback should be the Heisman Trophy winner because they're probably going to be undefeated. Actually, they're most likely going to be undefeated unless somebody catches an early L and sneaks in as the number four seed. But, um, yeah, I, to be honest with you, I kind of like I kind of like Stroud. Um, as much as I hate to say it, as a Michigan fan, you know, you don't want to play against uh, the dude. But, man, the fact that you don't want to play against him – says a lot about how good he is. Um, I like Stetson Bennett, but oh, I you know I just I don't know if uh, I don't I don't know if he's the reason they're winning as much as these as the two quarterbacks at Alabama and uh, Ohio State are. I just can't tell yet. Um, now if he runs the table, then yeah, it should be him. But I but I believe the same thing about uh, C.J. Stroud and why uh, I'm Bryce Young. Jeez, I could not. I keep I always want to call him Chase Young. Yeah. Well, that's because. He still haunts your dreams. <laughs> huh. he, he, like most big Ohio State draft picks, he didn't have a big game. Machine. I don't know why they don't do that. They just usually don't. Yeah, I, I, I think at the end of the day, college football is college football. Uh, I think the Heisman Trophy is, you know, it's it's kind of like being on the Madden cover. You win the Heisman Trophy, it kind of Fs you up. And, like, when you think about how Bryce Young is performing now with name, image, and likeness, like the dude shooting commercials when he should be at effing practice. You know what I mean? And so, like, you think of it from that perspective and not in a bad way. You know, I'm all for, you know, the players making more cash and being able to pay off their tuition with the revenue that they're making from name, image and likeness. But the problem is what responsibilities do they have contractually, you know, after winning the Heisman Trophy? You know, it's cool for Baker Mayfield to do a Heisman Trophy commercial because he's a pro athlete and they have a different schedule. But when you talk about a guy that is you know, in an academic environment, and then still has all the requirements and pressures of being able to show up on Saturday and play. And he's not a professional in the sense that, you know, that's not his, that's not his day job. It's still being a student, unfortunately. And so mm. love the yeah, commercials. I, don't, I, that, I think that's more aspiration than real. I mean, I wish that these guys were students, but I don't believe it. The only student that we've talked about, and he's not even on this list, is is uh, the kid from Wake Forest. That's a real university. You have to take calculus to go there, even if you're the freaking quarterback. Yeah, that that's fair. And so, like, it would be interesting to see to, to diagnose, uh, you know, Heisman Trophy winners versus their majors. Absolutely. <laughs> if if they even if they finished, you know, because there's a lot of guys that left their junior year and moved on to the pros. Yeah, so, I, I've I've always wanted. To, okay. I've always wanted to have a thing where like. 
you can it, it's it's college football, but you can only play your engineering students or, you know, your students who had to take calculus or something like that, um, because at, because at Army, calculus is a required course. So it's yeah. like, you know, Duke, they could field their whole team. Wake Forest, they'll field, field yeah. their whole team. The Olympics where it'd be like the American kids against the rest of the world, because <laughs> I don't even know if we field the team, would we? <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yeah, but the other part of it is like, and, and we can talk about that on the other show, but uh, for sure, Army actually has that. They have the GOAT engineer game, which is hysterical, but the limitation is if you played any type of intercollegiate football, even if that was sprint or, you know, for the varsity team, you can't play in the GOAT engineer game, which is shenanigans because there's some <laughs> retribution that Rob is a bad academic student would have loved to lay down on one of the nerds in my, <laughs> in my class and they would let me do it. So I think there's, you know, I think there's a little bit of, you know, I think that there's a fair point to what Dan is saying. I think, you know, name, image, and likeness is good. I think they should tie it to your academic performance. So like, Hey, look, you can only have access to so much money and I don't know how the boosters or, or anybody that's kind of setting those agreements up with the players are working it. But I think if you were smart, that's a great way to get us some return on your investment, mm. you know, or, Hey, look, if I had the cash to, to offer a bonus to a guy like, Hey, look, if you get a freaking, you know, 3.7 GPA and graduate summa cum laude, I'm going to drop another two or $3 million in your account before you graduate. And maybe that's, that's something like the first iPhones when they came out. That's what I like. That's what I like in the NIL too right now. Remember how many problems there were? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Start dialing everything in and there's going to be abuse somewhere and where there's abuse, there's control. And they're going to come in and tweak this thing because right now, dude, there's going to be a train wreck of disasters that come from this. You guys know there is going to be. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's not, it's not really it's not re it's not very regulated. It seems like they can just kind of go and do it's like you guys did you get alleviated of some 40 hour a week obligation that'll freeze up the time to do this? It's like, yeah. There's good. The train will derail eventually. And, and I think it'll change dramatically over the next five years. Yeah. And, and, and look at it this way. Quinn, Quinn Ewers has got to get it while it's getting good because Arch Manning just broke like half of uh, I think he broke both Peyton and Eli's college or high school passing records this over the weekend. And so that kid's earmarked to go to Texas. So, you know, if you're Quinn Ewers, like you better get every last penny of that million dollars that you got yeah. because uh, <laughs> you're in trouble. All right. Well, this has been a great show. We, we, we kind of talked a little bit about everything. Hey, make sure you get your picks in. If you are in the Firsty Club and you are trying to capture the Cruiserweight title, I have not seen the standings recently, but I think uh, it's starting to tighten up at the top again. Uh, again, picking and choosing uh, college football games, it's a roll of the dice because you never know. That's why we play the games. It's game benches, and sometimes you fall short. But for the team here, on the college football roundtable, you've got Rob the Angry Colonel signing off. We got Dano Icabesa in Coastal Carolina. Or keep saying Coastal Carolina. He is in Coastal Connecticut. If he's in Coastal Carolina, he's actually yeah he's actually rebuilding his uh, fence would, right now and putting some moving tiles on. That would be a way different vibe. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we got Trigger Joe here in the home of the Big House, and uh, he's rocking his maize and blue. And uh, hopefully you guys are supporting your team colors and supporting us on the college football roundtable. And we will catch you guys next week. Thanks. As for football, would like to thank you for your continued support of the Army Football Podcast. As for football and Army athletics, you can find us across all platforms of social media at As for Football. Join the As for Football team for our next episode coming soon to a podcast platform near you.